I put the date on a post-it note, put it on a mirror, and I looked at it every day and I asked myself, what do I need to do today to move me closer to that date? I started to act like an entrepreneur before I was even one. So that was big for me. This is how to do it. This is how to actually hand in your notice because that's the hardest step for so many people of just how do you make that leap? It stops people in their tracks. So I wanted to give something really tangible. Be like, this is what we do. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. And welcome back to this brand new season of the Do It Scared podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of a bunch of online brands, including Living Well, Spending Less, Elite Blog Academy, Do It Scared, and Thinlicious, as well as the New York Times bestselling author of seven books. And after taking a long break from recording this podcast, I am back at it. There is no set agenda, just diving into topics that interest me interest me and talking to cool people who inspire me and hopefully inspire you too. And because I don't have a set schedule for this podcast, just know that if you haven't already, the easiest way to make sure that you will always be notified of new episodes is to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. But today I am so excited to sit down with a guest who probably doesn't need a lot of introduction, especially if you're already involved in the online business world. Because she is honestly probably one of the most requested guests I've ever gotten for this podcast. Her name is Amy Porterfield, and she is a powerhouse, a multi-seven-figure business owner and an online marketing expert. She is the host of the wildly popular Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, the creator of the Digital Course Academy, and a best-selling author of a new book, Two Weeks Notice. She is also a really awesome person with so much insight into so many things, overcoming insecurities, making it as a woman in a man's world, and even just learning how to overcome stress and anxiety when life comes at you fast. And it's funny because Amy and I actually have so many mutual friends that it's kind of hard to believe we haven't connected before, but I absolutely loved getting to sit down and chat with her for this interview. And so without further ado, here is my chat with Amy Porterfield. Amy, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here today. I, like we said, right before we got on, like, we feel like we should know each other because we have so many mutual friends, but this is really like the first time we've got to talk face to face. It's so fun. Totally. And I'm so excited to be on your show. Thanks for having me. And yeah, we have so many friends in common, so we, we must be friends. (laughs) We must. So For those of our listeners who are not friends with you yet, um, why don't we just start kind of at the beginning of your story? You've done such amazing things online. Um, You've been a huge mentor to me and I know so many other, so many other people. And, um, but you've also come a long way from kind of your roots, from where you started. You just wrote a book about some of that, um, encouraging other people to sort of give their two weeks notice, which I have here. Um, 
So why don't you, why don't you just tell us in your own words, what did, what did that journey look like to how you got to here? I always say I'm an ex-corporate girl turned accidental entrepreneur. And the accidental part is because I never aspired to be an entrepreneur. And that word definitely wasn't in my vocabulary when I was growing up. Um, so it just happened this way. And here's why I had many, many jobs in my nine to five world. And my last one was with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins. And I was there for almost seven years and I got to travel the world and work on the content he did on stage. And I got paid well. It was an amazing job. However, while I was there in going into my seventh year, I realized that I'd never felt totally free. I've always had a boss. And I always joke that my first boss was my dad. It was, he was strict and it was his way or the highway. Then I went out into the world and got bosses. They are usually men. And I always answered to someone else. And when you work for Tony Robbins, you get exposed to entrepreneurship. And I started to see all these people building businesses, calling the shots, women busting through the glass ceiling. And I thought, I don't know what these people are doing, but I want a piece of it. And it was the first time in my life, I had just turned 30 years old, that I thought, I need something different. I want this bad. And so I started to look into what that would look like. Now in my book, Two Weeks Notice, I wrote this book because it's a guidebook to how to leave a job and start your own business. And how to leave a job means the roadmap to actually get the courage to leave, the things you need to do before you ever leave that job so you're set up to win on the other side. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So in my first year out, I stumbled. My second year out, I stumbled. By my third year, I started to hit my stride and figure it out. It's been 14 years now. I have a multi-million dollar business, but more importantly, I get to work with amazing students. And so specifically, I teach people how to quit their jobs and start a business. And I teach people how to grow an email list and how to create digital courses. That's kind of my little neck of the woods online. I love that. And um, I'm so curious, like when you decided to leave Tony Robbins, which sounds like a dream job for most yes, people, right? Like was. that's I'm a lot that. of courage right there Yeah, to leave a job where you're making good money, you're crushing it. You're working for one of the most famous people in the entire world. And you're like, nope, I'm going to do this myself. Like how, how, I'm so curious, how long did that process take you? So that process, so the day that I started to think about it, it was, I talk about it in the first chapter of the book. It was a very specific meeting that a light bulb went off for me. And from that meeting to the day I drove out of the San Diego headquarters, it was about a year. But what happened was when I started to get this idea that maybe I wanted something more, and the way you talk about the job is true, the money, the the clout, the amazingness of Tony, I had golden handcuffs. And a lot of people listening, they might have the same situation. The job's not bad. It's just not necessarily what you want for your future. And so it's okay to want something more, want something different, even if you're not underpaid or undervalued. But a lot of people listening today, they do feel underpaid and undervalued at their job. So no matter where you are, finding that courage to leave, putting together a roadmap gives you more courage. So I kind of like thought about it, played around with it in my head. But when I became very serious about it, I decided, okay, I'm going to put a stake in the ground and choose a date. So at that point, it was six months to the day I was going to leave. And so in the book, I talk about this runway of what mm -hmm. to do to get ready to leave a job. And there's four things that I talk about. Number one is choosing that date. So it's either three months, six months, nine months, or a year, anything over a year. And you're using excuses to stay where you don't want to be. So you got to be careful. So for me, it was six months. So I chose the date. 
I put the date on a post-it note, put it on a mirror, and I looked at it every day and I asked myself, what do I need to do today to move me closer to that date? It might mean I need to read a book or listen to a podcast or phone in a favor or ask for advice, but I started to act like an entrepreneur before I was even one. So that was big for me. The second thing is I only told three people and I want whoever's listening to be careful who you share your dreams with because not everybody can really hold space for them. So if you tell the nosy coworker that sits next to you at your nine to five job, she's going to tell you all the reasons why it wouldn't work and how her cousin, two families removed, uh, tried to do it and it never worked for him. So you shouldn't do it either. Like the wild stories that come out from people that are fearful, you mm-hmm. do not need them. Protect no. your heart, protect your dreams. I love that. That is, that is golden advice right there. And even as you're talking, I want, I want to hear the, the, so I won't interrupt you. No, keep going. And then I'll no, say, no, no, <laughs> I'll say my thing. No, I hate that when people interrupt. Um, no, I was going to say like, even as you're talking, I, so much of what you're saying resonates for starting a business and leaving a job, but also, you know, one of my businesses is, um, called Thinlicious and we help women over 40 lose weight. And these are like the same things, right? Because it's a really, when you have a lot of weight to lose, it is a big decision and commitment and you have to be like ready to do it. And I always say that too, like pick a date sometime in the future, maybe not six months in the future. Maybe it's a little sooner for when you're losing weight, but really like mentally prepare yourself for it and give yourself that time. And then the telling three people, I have never given that advice, but I'm going to start because it's the same thing with weight loss and getting healthy. There will be all these naysayers who are like, oh yeah, how many diets have you tried now? Or what are you doing now? And they want to bring you down and you have to find those good, those good people that are going to lift you up and support you. So I love love that that you can apply it to other things because those listening, they might not want to quit a nine to five job, but they might want something different for their life. So I totally am with you on that one and telling these people and asking them to keep you accountable. And uh, when you fall down, asking them to mentally pick you back up, like it's so important. So yeah, you've got to tell a few people so that you make it more real. So you're setting the date, you're telling people but just a few people. The third thing is is specifically for leaving a job, you've got to look at your finances. We got to get really clear on what that looks like. And that's a scary thing for sure. But knowing how much money you actually need to make each month, that is the time that will help you figure out what you're going to do once you leave. Now, when you get clear on your finances and how much money you actually need to make each month, one of the things you can do, and this is the fourth step, is to start a side hustle. So in my book, Two Weeks Notice, you can use that as a guidebook for a side hustle or full-time business, but getting money coming in while you're still at your nine to five job will create a lot of courage to keep moving forward and give you a little cushion. So it's just a starter idea. The the side hustle does not need to be your end all be all. It's just to get momentum. Action creates clarity. You're trying to get a little bit more clarity on what you want to ultimately do down the road. So that's the roadmap that will help you get going. I love that. And it's so, it's so good and so practical. And that side hustle thing I think is so true too, because Sometimes you have to try out a few things before you figure out what is, what's going to be the best. And if you've never worked for yourself before, if you've never been your own boss before, if you've never had that experience of learning how you even stay motivated, right? Some people are really good and really disciplined and will do all the things and other people get by themselves. And all of a sudden they're like, I, I I don't know what to do. (laughs) So I love, it's almost like, it's like a practice business before you start the real thing. And the financial thing is, 
is huge too, looking at your finances. And I think that's really important too. I get a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, a lot of students that that get like almost like they panic because they wanted to start a business. They quit their job. All of a sudden they go full whole head, but then they can't afford to invest in their business because they don't have any money coming in. And, um, and then they start to make kind of crazy decisions. So I, I love that too. It's having that all, all laid out. I love, I love that chapter of your book and how practical it is and how you just literally walk people through, like, this is how to do it. This is how to actually hand in your notice, because that's the hardest step for so many people of just, how do you, how do you take, how do you make that leap? So how do you get it going? It's, it, it stops people in their tracks. So I wanted to give something really tangible, be like, this is what we do. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Okay. So speaking about your life and business, like I said, you've been such a, such a huge inspiration to me over, over the years. Um, and I, one of the things that I've really admired is just how much like you've kind of rocked it in a world of men, right? Like, I don't know if you feel that way. Maybe I'm taking this in a like crazy direction, but, and I, I, I don't consider myself like some kind of hardcore femi, fem Nazi, anything, but I also know that it's hard to build a business in a world where most of the people are, are men. Yeah. So how have you, like, how have you dealt with that? And is there anything that has been really helpful for you along the way? Has it been an issue or has it like, have you just kind of ignored it? I mean, you're a hundred percent right that it is definitely a male dominated world more so when I started than even now. So I love that. I'm seeing a lot of women kind of pave our way. Um, the, like I look at the marketing podcast on Apple and um, I'm usually near the top, but there's other women with me. And I'm like, damn, that is so cool that we're dominating the marketing podcast on Apple. And it's these m- amazing women. So I'm always looking for proof that, okay, things are changing. But when I first started out, I talk about that fateful meeting uh, at Tony Robbins that sparked me to want to be an entrepreneur. And it was a meeting of only men sitting around this big oak table. Uh, it was like a focus group Tony was doing about entrepreneurship and building businesses. They were all men. I didn't see any example of someone that was like me that was doing it. And then when I went out on my own, there was very few women that were doing it. So here's the thing. I learned from a lot of guys and some guys, not all, teach in this bro marketing kind of style, the Lamborghinis and the private jets and the kind of sleazy kind of sales pages. And, and this was actually more so back then than now. I actually even see it less now, which is wonderful. And I have so many male, beautiful friends that I love, but back then that's who I learned from. And my marketing looked like that. And one day I kind of looked around and thought, who am I? Like, what am I doing? This doesn't even feel authentic to me. So if you followed me for 14 years, you will absolutely see like a journey of transformation happen where probably, I don't know, seven or eight years into my journey was the first time I recorded a podcast episode where I talked about feeling insecure about my weight. Speaking of weight, I've struggled with my weight my entire life since I was like eight years old. And so I made an eight minute podcast because I couldn't talk about it longer than that. And I just wanted to put out there, 
I don't like to do video because I am self-conscious for how I look. And I wanted to share that because maybe someone else needed to know they weren't alone, that it's really hard to put yourself out there when you don't like how you look or how you feel. And so uh, that was the first time I talked about it. And to this day, when I'm at an event, someone will come up to me and they'll say, my favorite episode you ever did is when you talked about your weight. And I'm like, I, remember that episode. I talk about webinars and list building and courses, and that's the one. But the human connection of how we all are very similar, even though we don't talk about it enough, that's the stuff that matters. So that kind of gave me the permission to be more personal and put myself out there. And now, although I'm not necessarily one to share everything, I have a husband that doesn't like to be on social media, so he makes it hard for me, but um, we kind of joke about it. But I do share more of the personal stuff now than I would have ever when I was first starting out. And I stepped in more into my feminine that I think is so important. So, but yeah, I came up in the era of bro marketers. So I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I remember that. And I remember your old website you talked about that in the book, your ugliest, ugliest website in the world. And I do, I remember that because there were so few women that as I was, you know, getting started, I was really looking to someone like you, who was like one of the only other females in the industry. And, um, yeah. And I remember that podcast episode so vividly as well as someone who has also struggled with my weight and just self-consciousness on video. And, and it was so brave and it was so inspiring. So thank you for doing that. I mean, that was really just such an incredible moment. Oh, that was a rough one, but I appreciate (laughs) hearing from people like you that you remember it was so long ago and still it stuck with you. So that's the stuff that matters. That really is. It really is. So let's talk about a little bit about the role of fear in your life, in your business. Is there anything podcast is the do a scared podcast. So we talk a lot about fear here, but is there anything that has really scared you over the years? Um, over, you know, 14 years you've been doing this and sometimes it's, it's hard to even like remember all the things <laughs> because oh. you, the, the problems just get bigger and harder. I think as your business grows, yeah. but what has really scared you and how did you overcome that fear? The truth, Ruth, is that I'm scared all the time. And and I hate to admit that, but I'm just going to put it out there. I am fearful a lot. I have strong faith. And so it, it, that gets me through it. But I struggle with low-level uh, depression and a lot of anxiety. And the anxiety hasn't been my whole journey. It's just the last two years. I don't know. People tell me it came out of COVID. Who knows? But because I have anxiety, it can put you in a thought loop of worrying about or obsessing about things that you don't need to. So that's kind of where, like, when I say I'm, I'm fearful all the time, I think it comes from my anxiety. I don't live there. I just know it's present. And so one of the things is I really try to take care of myself in terms of my mental health and my physical body and and um, making sure I step away. We work a four-day work week now, my team and I. We've done that for about two years, and that has helped me to kind of take the rest and relaxation that I need so that I'm not always in the, the grind of building the business. Um, but specifically, if, if I stepped away from my anxiety, things I've been scared about, Well, I talk about this in the book, but it's later in the book. I almost lost my business. And the reason for that, speaking about men, so funny you should say that, 
I took on a business partner because I was afraid I couldn't do it alone. Now, the crazy part of this story is I had hit almost a million dollars that year and I still felt like I needed a man to help me and I couldn't do it alone. And so coming from a really strict father and a lot of male bosses, I just always felt like I couldn't do this on my own. So I took a business partner and it went great for a few years until it didn't, until I decided I have lost all of myself. He literally, I let him become my boss in many ways. And so I didn't know who I was anymore. I looked in the mirror and thought this isn't working. So to get out of that was really, really tricky. We were partners 50, 50 of a business I had created. And Uh legally I had to figure out how to get out of that. And it was the worst year of my life. I think I cried every day for a year behind Mm -hmm. the scenes while still running the business. And I was so fearful that I would lose something I had created from scratch. What would that mean? Uh, what would it say about me? Was I a loser, a failure, uh, someone that wasn't meant to be an entrepreneur? Like I almost lost my business because we had to dissolve. We would have, We one of the solutions was dissolve the entire business and each of us start over. And I'm like, but I started this, this was mine. And so long story short, after about a year, one morning I woke up and I thought, I don't know where this came from, but I thought, I will burn it down and build it back better. If that's what we're going to have to do, I will burn this down and build it back better. And when I realized I will start over, like my capacity for zero just went up to a level hundred. When I realized I can start over and still figure it out, it was like no one had a hold on me. And that fear totally diminished and I became like, Fierce like Beyonce, like bring it on, <laughs> watch me. And so that was that. A, a pivotal moment. And I talk about this in the book, but we went from 5 million to 16.5 million in about 18 months. Wow. And the reason for that is because I finally figured out who I was and I wasn't scared at every turn because I knew I was resilient. So That's for me, amazing. the resilience is what allows me to get through the fear, even though I still feel it very, very often. Mm-hmm. And how do you, I mean, that's an amazing story. And I can relate to that so much of getting your business to a certain point. And then all of a sudden feeling like you're a little out of your league. And because I had this, I had the same thing. Now I didn't take on a partnership, thank goodness, but I probably would have, right. If it wasn't for my husband going, what the heck are you doing? No, you don't give this away because I felt the same way. And of, I just, I need somebody else to tell me what to do. Somebody else must know better than me. What, what happens at this level? Cause I, I don't know what's supposed to happen at this level. And I, I can just 100% relate to that. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for you that it came out. Okay. But you're right. Like, as you were telling that story, I'm like, you could have burned it to the ground. You would have been able to build back. Like they weren't following that douchebag. They were following you. They would have, all your people would have, wherever you came back to, that's where they would have come back to as well. And I think sometimes we don't realize, like, it's so easy for me to look at you and see that, but we don't see it in ourselves. So I'm, I'm glad, glad you meant to that. (laughs) So good. So with the anxiety, um, do you have any, I'm sure that's something that a lot of people can relate to, especially in our post COVID world, it's become so prevalent. How, what has, what has helped you dealing with that? So a few things, Uh, one, I had to go through therapy. So I thought, you know, I've done therapy on and off since college, but I had to get serious about, I need to see somebody because obviously these things are coming up and I can't even figure out why this anxiety is here. I have a beautiful life and I still wake up in the morning with a racing heart and a racing mind. 
So I, I started to go to therapy, but another thing that my, I have a business coach that just also helps with just everything I, I go through. She's like a dear friend. And she said, you have to stop wishing it away. This is what you're about. This is who you are. It's part of you. And so instead of, I spent so much time, why is this happening? What is wrong with me? What, what do I need to do to be better so it goes away? And she instructed me to stop trying to wish it away, but be present with it. Um, I learned this thing where it, when it comes up, I put my hand on my heart. I am safe. I am secure. I am supported and I am loved. And that has helped me. I swear to God, I think I just saw something like that on Ted Lasso where he was doing something similar. So we must have the same coach, but um, it's helped me immensely. And also talking to my husband, Hobie about it. I don't think he realized how, what a big deal it was. Like just last night, he wanted to watch that show, The Last of Us. It's like that zombie apocalypse kind of show. That's all the rage right now. And I said, babe, I can't do shows like that, especially not before I go to bed. I will have the craziest dreams and I will wake up more anxious. So it's kind of just like knowing this is part of me and having to be proactive, having to be a big girl and say, this is good for me or this is not good for me. Meditation yeah. and moving my body. And I, I use this um, eye on mat. I don't know if it works, but even if it's a placebo, it works for me. And I feel <laughs> more grounded when I lay on it for 10 minutes. So I do a lot of stuff. It, it's kind of a big part of my life. Yeah. It's just, is learning how to manage it. And I think, but I love that you are accepting it as part of your, as part of yourself and who you are instead of feeling like, oh, this is, this means that there's something wrong with me. And because I think we all, ha we all have those things, right? We all have those pieces of ourselves that maybe we wish were different, whether it's how we look or how our weight or whatever struggles we have, our personality struggles, yeah. all those different things. And I, I think I spent, a, you know, less so now, but I feel like over my lifetime have spent a lot of time going, why couldn't I be more like this person? Or why can't I be, why can't I have that? Yeah. Um, rather than just like fully stepping into, yep, this is me like warts and all scars and all this is, this is what you see is who you get. Um, I think that's I love really that, important. Though. What you see is what you get. And I feel like the more we can step into our own skin and be, be okay with that, the, the more at peace we all will feel and, and running a business and being an entrepreneur and putting yourself out there, you are putting yourself out for scrutiny. Like just the other day, this guy online called me a clown. And I can't get it out of my head. It was so rude how he said it. He's like, you're such a clown. That idea is so stupid or something like that. And first of all, my husband's like, why are you reading the comments? And I said, well, I have to respond to some of this. Like I, the nice comments, I like to thank people or whatever, but it's so much more difficult when you put yourself out there. So the more you know yourself and you say, this is who I am, the more you can stand in power when someone calls you a clown or whatever exactly. it might be. Exactly. I feel like your husband and my husband would be really good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I he's so behind the scenes also oh. like just does has no desire to be on social media, no, no desire. desire to be in front, yeah. front of anything, but man, there is no better sounding board and there is no better like voice of reason in my oh. head than him. Amen. Amen. I, hear I think because he doesn't care about it all, right? Like that's, that's what makes it great. Cause he just has no desire to be part of any of that. Even just before I came on here, we I was talking to him about, you know, employee issues and, Oh, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? He's like, 
you have to know, like you have to know yourself. I'll tell you that I would always procrastinate that decision. So (laughs) maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing, but that's great though. I talk to Hobie about personnel issues all the time of stuff I'm struggling with in my business. And you're right. He's totally behind the scenes. He does not work anywhere in my business, nor does he ever want to. But he cares deeply about me and he knows this is our livelihood. Hobie, uh, when we moved to Nashville two years ago, my husband retired as a firefighter because he didn't want to start over. You have to start from scratch. And Mm -hmm. so we made the decision together. He's going to start over. But I love that he is an absolute sounding board and someone that knows me well. So when I make a decision that he knows is not true to who I am, he will call me out. And I think we all need that. Yes, it's so true. Having somebody who is willing to speak truth to you all the time is like, there's, there's nothing more valuable than that, especially when you start to like believe your own hype. Right. And start to think like, I'm kind of a big deal on the internet. So (laughs) you got somebody who tells you you are not teenagers will also do that for you. So thankfully I have two of those. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's awesome. So Okay. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, because this is, this is very personal and it's also about your, your husband. And I don't know where you are on, on answering those questions, but I'm just curious, how has that been for him to be, be home and not working? Because I know like I, my husband retired in 2013. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's been, and it's been great for us, but I feel like he's the kind of person where it's been great because he wants nothing to do with the business. Whereas and you've been in this business a long time too. I've seen lots of women retire their husbands and suddenly they're divorced and it's a disaster or the husband is taking over the business and that's a disaster or yeah. all these things. So I'm just curious, has that sounds like it's been good for you guys, but yeah, I'm glad that you asked this question. So, uh, to even take it back a little bit further, when Hobie was a firefighter and I started making a whole lot more money than he did actually at the time, I don't even know if he was a firefighter. He was a contractor before. And we went into our tax guy's office and he kind of regurgitated what I made and what Hobie made. And I could see Hobie's shoulders kind of like get tense. And it was an issue when we walked out and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, that was a little bit of a blow to my ego. Like we were both raised with the dad makes all the money. The mom supports the family. So that was very different for him. Same with me. Like my dad made all the money. And so um, we had to start talking about it. And the more we talked about it, the better it got. It's just like open communication, hard, awkward conversations in the beginning, but then it stopped being an issue. And he got to enjoy this amazing lifestyle that my uh, business is able to afford us. And he really appreciates that. Fast forward to now where he retires and just two years ago. And in the beginning, it's always been great. So I'll get to the punchline. I'm so glad we did it. As a firefighter, he was gone 24 on, 24 off. So mm-hmm. it was, he was gone a lot and I hated sleeping alone at night. So I love that he's there every single day. But I would ask him in the beginning, like, so what are you going to do today? And he'd be so defensive with me answering back. Like, well, I need to mow the lawn and then I've got some errands to run and blah, blah, blah. Like he runs our household. He does grocery shopping. He does laundry. He does the lawn. He runs errands. He does all of that. I don't have an assistant, so he does everything. (laughs) And so, but he's really defensive. And I finally had to say, when I ask you that, it's because I genuinely care about you and how you spend your time and to make sure you're happy. So it is nothing judgmental. We made this decision together for you to retire. So we're in this together. And it kind of like allowed him to kind of, 
Okay. Okay. And so now he he's busy every single day. My mom lives in Nashville, so he takes care of her house and it helps her out and stuff like that. And we have a lake house that he takes care of. So he's busy every day. But there was one rule. I said, if you're going to retire, the, the thing I need from you is you can't be watching TV in the middle of the afternoon. Like I work really hard. And if I come downstairs and he gets to watch TV and I'm like doing interview after interview, I I don't love this about my personality, but I'm going to be a little bit resentful. So uh, I just kind of had to communicate that. He's never, ever watched TV in the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's amazing. And it's so good that you guys had that conversation. And I will, I will say like my little piece of advice of what we realized with, with my husband, because it's been a little bit, bit now. It's been a long time. (laughs) I mean, do you guys have kids? We have two. So Got he okay. came home. He came home when they were like five and oh, four or something. Like so they like great. they were young enough that they, that they actually don't remember me being the stay-at-home mom. Wow. Yeah. So that was that's weird because they're like, Mom, yeah. you don't know how to do that. Only dad knows how to do that. Like, like, I, I promise you, that. I'm better at it. <laughs> oh, but good. He, they're, they're teenagers now. So it's a whole different thing. And I think what we definitely realized for, for him is that if he spends too much time doing all the house stuff, right? Like the housewife duties, he gets burned out on that where it becomes this, it almost feels like a grind and he starts to feel not, not resentful in that he doesn't feel like he should be doing that stuff, but just almost like the treadmill um, effect. And so when that happens, like we now are aware of it, I'm like, honey, you need a project. Like you have, like you're too busy doing all the things and you, you need just something fun that, and you know, he likes to like do like a decorating project or a building project. He's an, he's an engineer. So he's very like hands-on and, and that kind of stuff. And so that has been definitely the one thing that I think is his sanity because I'm like you, I will, I love to work and I, and he gets resentful because I get, I get so much enjoyment out of work. And then he's kind of sitting around waiting for me to be done sometimes. So that comes up for us. He'll have to hope he will have to say like, uh, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, we need some time together. That's why moving to four day work weeks was really about yes. Hobie as well to have that extra time with him. Yes. Um, but Hobie, I think is at a point that I think he needs a hobby or some project of his own. Now the, you're right. The busy work can only go on so long before you might lose a sense of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really great advice. It's amazing to, to see that too. Like you figure, you understand why so many women kind of go through that like crisis and resentfulness and probably women listening to this podcast too. If you feel like you've lost a piece of yourself, it's because you're so busy taking care of everybody else all the time. It's thankless work. And you, you do have to have something of yourself for yourself. You have to have some sort of project. Like everybody, everybody needs that. Absolutely. Really huge. I love that, that you're uh that you're figuring it out yes, <laughs> so every good. step of the way. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see, what are you, what are you working on right now that has you fired up? You, you published your book, you launched your yeah. book. So the book <laughs> came out we're so excited about that. And we're about two months, uh, removed from the launch week. 
And so now we're really excited. So I teach people how to create digital courses. And I do that through a September launch every single year. And I've done it for many, many years. But we've added on a coaching component that we're launching in June. So the business is changing in a, in a way that we have one-on-one coaches to help people create and launch their digital courses. And it's a big package. It's a $10,000 package. Yeah. I've never offered something that expensive before, but it's six months of coaching to get it done, launch it, get the feedback and the troubleshooting and all of that. And the reason I, I say this um, is to say that the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is you can always evolve. You can always change things. You can move things around and make sure that they meet your lifestyle. And I don't want to be the pony, the show pony of my business forever. You know, I'm getting older and when I'm 60 years old, I don't necessarily want to be doing Instagram reels. And so yes. I, it's just not something I've been at this for way too long. And so I'm starting to build a business that it's not just me. I'm not the one-on-one coach in these programs, but I get to train these coaches and make sure they're amazing. So I'm excited to expand the business in different ways that aren't necessarily just me doing it, but people that are probably doing it way better than I've ever yes. done it, which I'm excited about. So yes. that's kind of our next iteration. I love that. It, that's It's so huge. That's actually what we've been working on Um and in my company as well for the last kind like probably two years and different brands different are at different places, but pulling me out of all of the day-to-day stuff so that I really only focus on high level stuff. And we have managers managing each brand. We've got coaches in each brand who are coaching our students. And it's, it's really cool because I, I realize that when I get so deep in the weeds, because I love to create content, I love to create, I love to coach people, right? Like I like, I like doing all that stuff, but when I'm so busy doing all of that stuff, I can't see the perspective that my team needs from me as a leader. And so it's just been a really interesting journey of like, you know, you feel like sometimes it's a little two step, two steps forward, one step back on yes. like whether it works or whether it doesn't because you let go and then you want to pull it back. I don't know. Maybe that's so just me, true. But- <laughs> yes, for sure. I think so much is tied to our ego. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we started this, like I said, this is our baby. Yes. And so letting go, we want to let go. But then when we see it, someone else doing it, we're like, Hey, wait, that's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very big emotional, uh, release <laughs> kind of thing over time, but so very rewarding when we figure it out. I just know For that. Sure. Well, even like more, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I realize that even though I've been teaching this stuff, for years, especially with the Leap Blog Academy and teaching, you know, how to build an online business, which is, I'm sure, similar to, to you, right? Very meta because everything yes. I'm teaching is what we're doing. Um, I, so I'm like, in my brain, I think, well, of course, all my employees know this and understand this because we've been teaching it for years and years and years. Like they've heard everything that I've ever said, but they haven't. They haven't heard every word. And even if they had heard every word, it was never in the context of, running a business. It was in the context of being an employee, which is a totally different thing. And so I realized how much of what I know is very intuitive and based on 13 years of running my business that like, even though I've, they know kind of the bones of it, they don't know why something is the way that it is. Whereas now I'm really having to take the time to actually like think through, okay, this is why when we do a launch, this matters and this matters and this matters and this matters and this matters. Whereas before it was just like, 
come on, don't you just know that? <laughs> right. And they it's don't. so true. <laughs> My coach just gave me that advice. You have to explain how you figured that out, why you do what you do, not just tell them what you do. I think yes. that's so valuable. Yes. I, so I actually have been doing this boot camp for my leaders this last six weeks yeah. of like, actually literally it's two every week. It's two hours. I make them sit with me and I'm just like unloading all of this stuff. We're just going through all of our basically marketing strategy, but from a standpoint of this is why we do things the way that we do. This is how I want you to think about this. And then I give them homework and I make them do it. And then they come back yes. the next week and we talk about it. It's like the most intense course they've ever been through. But I feel like it's, I'm hoping that by the end of it, like they'll like, it'll really start to click because you realize that it's hard to teach people what you know, based on years of experience. Some some of that just comes with time. It does. And we take it for granted. And so slowing down and really uh, explaining where it came from, why we do what we do is so important. It's so true. It's so true. And I think that like, I love that you're teaching your team and you're, you're bringing in those, those coaches. But I think also what a good reminder is for people who are looking at somebody like you, right. They're looking like to Amy, like, Oh my gosh, Amy's so amazing. Why can't I be like Amy? Amy did $16 million in her business, right? Like, Oh, that's huge. Except they're comparing their like starting point to where yes. you are after all of these trials and errors yes. and all these things. And it's why you can't, it's why you can't do that. You can't compare yourself because you will only get that depth of experience when you've gone through the trenches for that many so years. True. It's so true. <laughs> okay. And that's another thing. Comparing yourself to someone's business is one thing to be inspired by somebody, but just be careful that you don't beat yourself up for not being where they're at. Number one, you're right. I've been doing this for 14 years. And another thing is when you brought up, um, comparing yourself or feeling like, why can't I do what they're doing? You said that earlier. And I wanted to touch on that. I learned this lesson from my coach that whenever I feel envious of what someone else is doing, a little bit jealous, the question to ask yourself is what do they have that you want and how can you go out and get it? And that helped me immensely because I think we all compare ourselves to others Mm -hmm. online. It's not healthy, but it's normal. And so what do they have that you want and how can you go out and get it? I think it's so valuable. So Along those lines, one of the questions that I always like to ask, well, actually, this is a, this is a question I haven't asked yet. Um, I want to know what is the thing that you feel like is bringing the most purpose and joy in your life right now? Ooh. So I recently hired a CEO in my business. Uh, she was someone I promoted after four years of being in a different department in my company. So I'm seeing her take over a lot of things, speaking of like letting go and letting someone Ooh. else kind of shine. And I think the purpose is for me to find my place in my business without having to be the end all be all. And so watching her shine, she is a young mom and uh, having her daughter see her mom be a CEO, I think is a really cool thing. And she's super talented. And so number one, just believing in somebody else doing bigger things than even I'm doing in my business, I'm so excited about. And I feel like it's the next iteration of my business. So it's bringing me a lot of joy, a lot of challenges, kind of finding my way, letting go of my ego. I think all of that is growth. So I'm really excited about it. Ooh, that is exciting. So if you've got a CEO, then what, what is your official title and what, what do you stay focused on? Then? So, you know, my official title, that's a great question. I don't know if we figured that out, I guess just founder. Um, <laughs> but, uh, with that, 
definitely big picture strategy. So I will set the vision, I will set the strategy and I will um, not, actually I shouldn't say the strategy, the vision. And then when my team has the vision, I my biggest department is marketing. Marketing will run with that and create strategies to do what it ultimately is I want to do. But also here's the, the cool part about it is that my CEO, her nickname is Jaws. It's just, it's a weird name, but that's the only name I've ever called her. And so Jaws will work with the marketing team to make sure they hit their goals, where now I don't have to worry about the day-to-day and every single number that comes in every minute. I can still look at big picture. Then I can create the most important relationships we need. I can do the things that I do. I still do the webinar and the podcast and the courses, but I get to do it in a way that I'm not scattered, pulled in a million directions, thinking of everything, managing everyone. I manage one person now where before I was managing five people on my leadership team. It's just a whole different world to allow me to think bigger. I work with an executive coach. And so we're starting to talk about what would this mean to build out this whole coaching program? So I'm very involved in it because it's just starting. Once Mm -hmm. it gets going, I won't be as involved, but this is where I'm needed. Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. And it must feel so freeing to, to be able to just like, okay, you get to handle with that. Hold hold everybody's feet to the fire. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Not going to lie. I'm feeling a little jealous. So I think I'm going to have to look at what that means for me. I love it. (laughs) So good. Um, Okay. I know we have to wrap up here. So I want to end with the final question that I love asking everybody. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received and why? Ooh. Okay. So this is so cheesy. I received this piece of advice on TikTok. I don't know who (laughs) said it, but someone said this on TikTok and it was like two years ago that I read it and I, I use it all the time. What's meant for me will find me. What's meant for me will find me. Meaning that like during my book launch, I wanted certain things. Like I wanted to be on the Today Show and I wanted certain opportunities to come my way. And some of those things did not happen. I never got a morning show. And so I was really bummed. And then I remembered what's meant for me will find me at the time that it's meant for me. Like maybe I'll never get the Today Show or maybe down the road I will. So when I think about it that way, I think then I can stop worrying about all these things that I think I should have that I don't have. They're not meant for me right now. So it creates some inner peace in me. And I really do believe it. Oh, I love that. So good, Amy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Let us know where we can find you online and just thank you for being here today. I am so honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, you can find me, uh, Instagram is where I'm the most active. So at Amy Porterfield, and then I have a podcast called online marketing made easy. I do two episodes a week and then my book two weeks notice. So wherever you want to start, I'd love to welcome you into my community. So Ruth, thanks so much for asking. I love it. Thank you so much, Amy. All right, guys, that about does it for today's episode. I will be back soon with another new episode. But just as a reminder, since there's no set schedule for this podcast, the best way to be notified is to hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. In the meantime, if there's anyone else you would like to see me interview or any questions that you have or topics you want to see me explore on this podcast, please feel free to reach out. You can send me a DM on Instagram at, at Ruth Sukup, or you can email me directly at Ruth at Ruth And I will see you back here very soon.